0: Hello everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the USA and Sci-Fi channels. I'm Sean Fangirl-S.
1: And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing Episode 3 of Season 2 of The Purge.
0: Oh my gosh. Alright, like we've had some of our other shows have WTF moments, but...
1: Yes, quite a few in this episode. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, side note, our little bit of news, which has nothing to do with this exactly... But you will be attending Palooza, correct?
1: Well, I'm here in town. I don't know if I'm going to be attending or not. Ah. Sold out. And I think they're, they've got one ticket giveaway that I'm going to put in for and see. But Fred will be here, and I will definitely be meeting up with him while while he's here. So
0: hopefully we'll be bringing you news for sci-fi from Urpacalooza.
1: Yeah. Fanboy F will definitely be <laughs> providing us a report.
0: Yes. All right. So let's jump into The Purge. Episode three, Blind Spots. The residual effects of Purge Night infect the lives of Ryan, Marcus, and Esme. Dun, dun, dun. And Ben. Poor Ben. Like, Ben has it the worst. Isn't it Ben? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So I love the fact that we actually got to see a little bit of the courts.
1: Yes, <laughs> if you call that courts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because we start with Tommy being taken in front of a judge and the attorney who just looked a hot mess. Yeah. He's like, plead guilty and beg for mercy. Well, there wasn't even a chance for that. No. Because inside the courtroom, there's a couple of judges, FFA judges, and other lawyers, the prosecutors. And they're like, yeah, listen. We have CCTV footage. Look at what happens. And when the judge asks Tommy for his plea, he's like, "Uh." And the judge is like, "You are not gonna stand there and lie to me, right?" Because yeah. <laughs> I can see it. And Tommy's like, "No." Uh, well, uh, uh, his lawyer's just like, "Plead guilty." Okay. Well, this is gonna be the fastest uh, trial ever yeah. because he pleads guilty. And the judge is like, "All right, sentence begins in three hundred and was it fifty? five days or something
1: right yeah
0: and it's like yeah next purge you'll be sentenced to death he's like what yeah but i'm a first time offender i'm a family man i've never stepped the toe out of line and i was like an inch over the line when it happened he's like doesn't matter the law is the law yeah what not good because no. Tommy is yelling obscenities it's like this is an outrage. This is a mockery as they drag him off. And then we get a flashback. We discover that eight years ago, Ryan and his crew were all police officers. And his commanding officer was telling them, stay inside on Purge night. Do not be in uniform because everybody you've ever even looked at cross eyed wants to come for you. Right. But instead, they want to go after a drug lord that has once again gotten out. Yeah. And the commander's like, do you really want to do this? Well, of course they want to do it because they keep trying to put this guy away and he keeps getting out. And of course, Ryan's like, anybody wants out, it's totally fine. And the group was all like, no, we are down for yeah. this. Yep. And, you know, that's probably where things went bad. Yep. Because we come back to the present, and what is happening? Oh, look at these little strings. are starting to all merge together into giant knots. Yes. Because Esme's boss wants her to look at something. Well, it's not exactly criminal, but it seems odd. Well, Ryan's truck. Which, I was kind of wondering, it's like, does nobody pay attention to this stuff? <laughs> Obviously they do. Yes. Because we see the truck going all the way to the airport. And they're like, huh this is weird. And the new girl does ask, is this illegal? And she's like, no, it's just strange. So we have to follow up. Okay, great. But let's try to run facial rec. And of course, Ryan knows to cover his face everywhere he goes.
1: Right. He definitely knows the law and how to avoid it with the cameras. Right.
0: And she suddenly gets a notification on her phone and leaves the room. It's like, all right, what are you doing Esme? Cause that doesn't look weird
1: or anything. Right? Yeah. The coworker's is not going to think that's odd.
0: Right. <laughs> I still think she's the one
1: that turns you in dummy. But instead
0: of, I don't know, having a phone call, she's just calling again, somebody to leave a message. Mr. Moore, I have a message for you. We need to talk. It's like, Why did you have to hurry up and run out of the room to make a phone call? Right. That's what I wasn't understanding, but okay.
1: Yeah, we'll understand that later on in the episode.
0: Um, Well, we do see that this truck seems to be going along the same route every day. And oh, look at the, the plates keep getting switched. Oh, and what else? You go into like a dead zone in regards to cameras. All right. This is weird. Esme's like, I'm going out in the field. We're going to find out who he is. And again, I think, how many hours do you work? Right. Because really? Your boss is just like, oh, yeah, go do it. Do what you got to do, Esme. It doesn't matter if you're working 80 hours. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. You get paid overtime like that? Because my boss is like, uh, tick tock, get off the clock. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. Right. But we get to see Ryan ending up at a bar, which, again, kind of weird because he was on a motorcycle and he's parking up front and getting off and everything quicker. Esme's parking and suddenly taking pictures. How are you that fast? How did you park before he got there?
1: Oh, I think she got there before he did.
0: How? She just guessed?
1: No. They had the time down to within a few minutes of when he would be Making that same journey, so she was there before he was.
0: Oh, she just happened to be in an area that worked out, though, because right.
1: She knew. Yeah, the block. she knew where. Yeah, she knew where he was going to go, and so she parked down a ways so she could try to get some pictures. And he was too smart for that because, of course, he had the telephone pole and his helmet and.
0: But he does turn and look at her, but that's when she wasn't taking a photo.
1: Right. So you
0: are not good at this. You are not a paparazzi. Uh, <laughs> and, well, hey, suddenly, I shouldn't say suddenly because it looked like it had taken a while. Ryan's group ends up being there a little at a time. And...
1: But we get some more of the flashback yes. while Ryan's waiting for them.
0: Which I loved the flashback because we get to see, again, eight years ago, what happened on Purge Night when they went after the guy.
1: They got ambushed.
0: Yes. By their boss. Yes. I kind of love the standoff. Because he, he's just like, eh, one person shoots, we're all going to die. It's like, you should have just shot her. Be done with it. Yep. Because he stopped when he recognized the other guy's boys. Right. Maybe you should never have stopped. You could have just lit him up and been done. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there might have been a promotion. But the next day, of course, in the flashback, he goes to his commander and- turns in his badge. She's like, like, no, this doesn't mean crap anymore. And she's like, I'm going to make sure you don't find any meaningful work. And suddenly the others come up to turn in their badge too. And she was threatening, but I kind of felt like had he said something along the lines of, I really hope your kid's far away from this. She right. might have been like, oh crap. Like took a step back. Like I yeah. need to keep you away.
1: Yeah. But Ryan didn't seem to be the type that would Even threaten anybody.
0: Yeah, that's true. Oh, no. We'll see what happens with that because, of course, we come back to the present, his present. (laughs) And he tells his crew, I know what's happening. The banks are putting their money on the airplane, which stays in the air till it's over because they only have to have so much money at the bank. Right. This could be the chance because we can be set for life. And the other two, eh, not so much.
1: Yeah. I think they're just about had it.
0: And Esme's listening. Now, how did nobody notice this big-ass device she pulled up and put on the table?
1: <laughs> exactly. Because
0: it wasn't... At first, I thought it was just like that little kind of microphone, like shotgun right. mic. But then when she picks up to leave because she gets a phone call, it's like a big-ass device. Yeah. It's like, okay, maybe you should have just stayed outside with it. I don't know. But, of course, when she leaves, It happens to be Darren that she was trying to talk to. And she's like, yeah, 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 meet me at this cafe. Great. You are loud and in basically a place you shouldn't be at. And you're just telling everybody where you're going. You're stupid. Oh, God. I just, I'm like, okay, so far I thought Esme was pretty smart. That was really dumb, though.
1: Yeah, well, she said it out in the street, but still. You don't know who's
0: listening. You were listening. Exactly.
1: Yeah. (laughs) This ain't the best neighborhood in town, that was for sure.
0: Well, s may ends up meeting up with Marcus's son, Darren, like I said, and she's talking about the brain scans, and he's like, oh, wow. I didn't even know she had active trials going on. And that's when all of a sudden he's like, er, hit the brake. Why do you have these? Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: How did you get these?
0: Yeah, I got it from her house. Again, why? Yeah. Oh, I work for NFFA, and he's like, oh, gotta go.
1: Yep. He was out the... Put one foot out the door. Right?
0: All of a sudden, I mean, you better talk fast, Esme. But she's, she does. I, I want to know who killed her. I had to watch. I And she helped me in a really dark time and my sister. And I want to do right by her. And all of a sudden it's like, hmm, maybe I'll listen. Right. And he's like, I'll look into it. But I don't trust you is basically what he's saying. Right. She's like, it was important to her. She was protecting these from whoever killed her. Yeah. Really, lady? You are putting his life in danger now. Yeah. I don't know. I I just think she's not thinking shit through. But Esme goes back to work again, like 12,000 hours later. I don't
1: know. Right. It seemed like it was dark.
0: Right. (laughs) And she's met by her co-workers. Esme's figuring out who he is. Right. Because she gets a picture of the girl from the crew.
1: Right, that identifies, and then she uses that for known associates, and up pops Ryan's picture.
0: Right, and the coworker's just like, oh, did you find him? Well, kind of, but we're figuring this out. Okay, I don't know. I, I really don't know what's going on. She's discovering that Ryan was a hero and highly decorated and probably never drew his gun on somebody, and they're like, hmm, well, what can I do? Why is he not a cop anymore? Right. That would explain why and how he knows how to evade the cameras. Yes. But I don't know, because, again, kind of dumb, because the next day, I'm assuming. Yes. She's at a cafe and messing around on her laptop, and Ryan comes in. He's like, ah, is this seat taken? And she's like, uh, uh, crap.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she uh, tried to play strong in this scene, but you could tell she was sweating bullets.
0: Right like uh do i know you i don't know do you because you were following me she's like i don't know what you're talking about really you don't and that's when she's like listen you like to evade these cameras so you're either a glitch or a go and i need to know which do you and suddenly he's like oh your government she's like yeah visual detection i'm thinking that is not going to save your ass
1: no that's just made it worse he's like because of course he tells her that (laughs) good man's gonna die because of you
0: right and yeah, it must be nice, you know, the power you feel putting good men to death. And she's like, no, it's just my job. It's probably not the best thing to say to a cop that got kicked off or no. had to quit because he found out his uh, boss was dirty. Right. And I love it because he's like, I don't break the law. She's like, then you don't have anything to worry about, do you? It's like, you're breaking the law yourself. Yeah. It's like, how's this going to come around? That's what I'm wondering.
1: Right. Yeah, it's. Very difficult to see how they're going to somehow merge these two into a partnership to help find out who killed Drew Adams. Uh Because she's going to need him. There's no doubt in my mind.
0: I figure that's the only reason they put these two on a collision course. Oh, absolutely. Well, he's like, I guess I'll see you around. And of course she lets out a sigh of relief. It's Like, really? Really? You're (laughs) relieved by this?
1: She was relieved that he was gone. You should <laughs> be
0: scared to death.
1: Yeah. She was trying real hard not to let him see her sweat, but
0: that he definitely
1: out? was uh, intimidating. Right?
0: Okay. So, oh my gosh, we got, we got a couple more people to talk
1: about. Oh, yes, we do.
0: Why don't you talk a little bit about the next
1: crew? All right. Well, we see Marcus meeting with the private investigator at his home, and this PI informs him that she's cleared the subjects that he's given her and informs him that it's likely someone he knows, and of course it could be your spouse
0: because that's usually what it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was the last thing Marcus wanted to hear, and of course he doesn't want to believe that Michelle would do that, but Later on, Marcus sees Michelle's phone on the counter and loads an app that locates friends on it, yeah, already doubting her.
0: Well, I mean, she d- did say specifically, like, the geotags in the phone don't match where she said she was. Right. So, yeah, I get it.
1: Right. Of course, Michelle comes out of the wherever she was and informs him of an HOA meeting and they get into a bit of an argument about Marcus not wanting to attend.
0: I wouldn't want to attend.
1: No. <laughs> and she grabs her stuff and Marcus goes, Where are you going? She goes, Well, I've got a meeting with the client downtown and then the girls and I are gonna meet for drinks. And the wheels start turning in his head. Oh yeah. Of course he opens the app on his phone and makes sure it's tracking her, which it is. Of course, Later on in the day, we see Marcus sitting at the table, thumbing through pictures of him and Michelle, thinking that there is absolutely no way she could have done it, and less than two seconds (laughs) after he says it, the app notifies him that she's on the move, and he has no clue where she's going.
0: I'm like, isn't that always the bad sign? No way. Oh, great. (laughs)
1: So, of course, Marcus follows the signal to what appears to be an abandoned warehouse. Yet inside there seems to be several very expensive cars.
0: I'm like, is she some kind of thief?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Is she in the black market or something? And he goes through a door and finds a staircase, heads up where he hears voices.
0: I thought he was going to catch her cheating.
1: Yeah. As he listens, he hears Michelle's voice, but it ends up being a purge support group.
0: (laughs) I was not expecting that at all.
1: No, not at all. And later that night, Michelle comes home to find Marcus has cooked a romantic dinner. He apologizes to her for their fight earlier in the day. The next morning, he's out taking his run and listening to music, and we have just a little bit of a continuity error because we have one shot where we see a runner coming towards marcus and go hmm and then you get a shot of marcus and then when they go looking down the street again the runner's nowhere to be seen but there's a truck what
0: uh maybe the runner took a a left turn
1: <laughs> over the fence maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah and uh, and marcus is just minding his own business doesn't even consider the possibility. And of course, as the truck gets closer, it swerves causing Marcus to dive out of the way and the truck speeds off and Marcus is WTF. Yeah,
0: I mean do you blame him? But I'm like, okay so these people aren't trying to wait until next purge. Oh, no.
1: But for $75,000? Right, yeah, I don't think I'd play a year. make it look
0: like an accident.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, some, they're getting some professionals involved in this, I'm afraid.
0: Sorry, Marcus.
1: Yep. Yeah. Next we see Ben. Him and Kellen are having some adult time, but Ben just isn't quite focused on the task at hand because he keeps having those flashbacks and he fails to regain his focus.
0: He is having such a hard time because he just keeps thinking over and over and over about what happened, which I can. Totally understand.
1: Right. And the more I see him in this episode, I have a feeling we're going to find out that he's a victim of whatever the NFFA is doing that Professor Adams was discovering.
0: Oh, yeah. I believe it, too.
1: Yeah. Kellen gets up and gives him a pipe and tells him to relax and later on suggests eating strawberries.
0: Because that'll help. They said so on CNN.
1: (laughs) Later on, we see Ben is out driving in the country, of course not helping his mental state by listening to purge propaganda.
0: Was that the same thing we heard from season one? Okay.
1: Yes, absolutely it was. Now, he stops at what looks like is a farm, but... It ends up being a place for, shall we say, venting your violence. Ben pays the man and suits up, picks a weapon, and goes inside to find a big brown eyed young cow, all tied up.
0: Don't do it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Fortunately, he is unable to and exits without any blood on his suit, and the guy tells him it's okay. Not everybody has the stomach for it. Yeah. Might also have something to do with. The cow not being able to fight back. You think? <laughs> More than likely. Hmm. Now, back in the car listening to the propaganda, Ben stops at one of those mm-hmm. roadside fruit and vegetable huts. He gets out and asks the guy for strawberries, and after tasting a sample, decides to buy some.
0: Yeah, this can only end well.
1: Yeah. It goes south real quick, as apparently Ben had given him a 20 and the guy had only given him 5 back for change
0: see that's and what i was wondering did he really give him a 20 or was he just looking for a fight
1: i really believe that he was being honest and he did give him a 20 cuz he had to have had to do an atm to pay for the farm thing i'm sure to me i thought he had nothing but 20s in his in his billfold uh. and that the guy was just Screwing him out of five bucks. Because, of course, when the guy goes, Well, here's the 10, it's all crumpled. And what Ben took out of his wallet was not crumpled, it looked like it was straight out of the ATM. Okay. So, of course, as they're arguing over it, Ben cuts the guy with the knife and he runs into the field yelling, but Ben catches up with him and repeats his multiple stabbings from the night before.
0: Yeah. What? The hell, dude.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely more violence and more violence and more violence. Yes,
0: yeah, he was, I don't know, like really obviously messed up with it. Right. But I, I didn't know if it's just like, oh my god, I'm freaking out and I just need a release and why he didn't do something then with the with the cow. But he just seemed to be like way too into it.
1: Yeah, absolutely he was. The first time, yeah, he was the prisoner. Yeah. This time he was the attacker. Ah, <sighs> this is so, not good. So, no, I'm not feeling Kellen might not make it through the <laughs> the season either. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder. Yeah. And so, of course, later we see Ben sitting in the shower with his knife, and he's got all these bloody clothes on the floor. And nobody Don't noticed you- him come in like that? Right. And isn't Kellen going to notice the next morning with all that mess in the shower? Come on. Well, I mean,
0: they are in a frat, so I get that. But if you're in a frat house, then shouldn't people be seeing you come in like that?
1: Yeah, you would think.
0: Why is she staying with him then in a frat? Because then when he gets out, we see him walking into his room to talk to Kellen, who is like sleeping at, for whatever reason, they pull back. And you see the clock that says eight nineteen. Right. Okay. Are you not feeling well? Right. That's the only a thing. A little too much pipe and
1: you had to uh <laughs> crash for a bit.
0: Second. Uh the only time I'm in well, okay. Unless I'm getting up <laughs> super, super early for work.
1: Right. Is right. if I'm
0: not feeling well. That's when I'm in bed that early.
1: Right. And I wasn't a hundred percent sure that when he came walking out, he wasn't gonna Take Kellen out.
0: (laughs) I know. I was like, girl,
1: you're in danger. Yes. Because she wakes up, sees him there, and he tells her that he hasn't been acting like himself lately. (laughs) You think? Right. And, of course, she wants to know what happened, and Ben tells her that he purged. (laughs) You You better believe him. Uh, Yeah. And he's purged twice now.
0: Right, and she's like, oh, I understand what happens on Purge Night, stays on Purge Night. And he's like, Purge Night, yeah. It's like, uh, sure,
1: that's it. you should be uh, (laughs) listening to every word he says, Kellen. But no, she tells him he's a good person and that she loves him. And they lay down in a single bed and he kisses her and she asks if he's been eating strawberries.
0: It's like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Girl, you're in danger.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't think uh, you should be doing that anymore. No, 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 no.
0: You're in so much trouble, and you don't even know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What did you guys think about this episode? Because I really liked it. I love how we're getting more. Uh, I do feel like Ben's losing it. We'll see what quickly. happens. Quickly,
1: <laughs> real quickly. Right.
0: right, we'll see what happens with poor, poor Ben. But let us know what you think. Shoot us an email at scifitalk at fangirlzone.com or go over to www.fangirlzone.com. Check out our contacts page. There's all sorts of ways to get a hold of us. We have been tweeting with this. So thank you for those who have retweeted us, including Purge TV, which just sounds weird saying that. (laughs) Thank you, NFFA. Yeah, we really like talking to you guys about this when it's happening because it's so weird and it does give us just so much different insight in the show because there's stuff that we miss all the time. Yep. So if you would be so kind as well to rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on as you're surfing all the webs because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us and tell your friends about the show. If they like the movies, I'm sure they'll like the show. Plus, This is the spooky time of year, which is great, so make sure you watch. And, uh, again, we do hope you're enjoying the podcast. So, for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirless.
1: And I'm Steve. I am a law-abiding citizen, and I haven't committed a crime.
0: And until next time.